Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for March the 20th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest gaming news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast platforms around the world five days a week, the Jam Pack Report is your one-stop shop for all of the hottest gaming news that you need to know. So if you do enjoy the show, you like what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on your platform of choice and get the show delivered to you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Did I mention when you can find the show? I think I did. But today, the dynamics have shifted. The next generation competition is heating up because Sony has clarified that backwards compatibility is going to be much broader than first anticipated on the PlayStation 5, specifically in regards to the PlayStation 4's existing library. We will talk more about that on today's show because the uh, the cards have shifted, the tables have turned, other metaphors that mean things have changed. We'll talk about it all right here. On top of that, Modern Warfare 2 seems to be getting a remaster as seemingly confirmed by a rating in South Korea. We're talking about more esports replacing real sports in the world of the coronavirus impact. And finally, cops have busted the payday crew. I wanted to end off on a fun story for the week. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility, as clarified by Sony, should allow the majority of PS4 titles to be played. Sony's messaging on backwards compatibility with PlayStation 5 has been quite confusing in recent days. During the reveal presentation of the platform, it seemed as though Sony's lead architect of the PlayStation 5, Mark Cerny, stated that the next-gen console would be able to play most PS4 games once it arrived. However, this statement from Cerny did not line up with a write-up on Sony's PlayStation blog website, which seemed to say that only 100 PlayStation 4 titles would be functional on the PlayStation 5 at launch. Now, in an updated message on the PlayStation blog, Sony made clear that the PlayStation 5 should be able to play nearly all games that have released on the PlayStation 4 over the years. Quote, with all of the amazing games in PlayStation 4's catalog, we have devoted significant efforts to enable our fans to play their favorites on PlayStation 5, said the statement from Hideaki, ooh, wow, that's a name, Hideaki Nishino. Nailed it. Sony's senior VP of platform planning and management. Quote, we believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PlayStation 4 titles will be playable on the PlayStation 5. I want to repeat that for those that might be jogging down the road or about to merge into oncoming traffic. And I quote, we believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 plus PlayStation 4 titles will be available on PlayStation 5. This updated explanation went on to say that the 100 games that Cerny mentioned were in the Road to PlayStation 5 presentation only comes in the way of games that have been tested so far to perform better on the PlayStation 5. Quote, we are expecting backwards compatible titles will run at a boosted frequency on PlayStation 5 so that they can benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We are currently evaluating games on a title by title basis to spot any issues that need adjustment from the original software developers, the statement reads. In his presentation, Mark Cerny provided a snapshot into the top 100 most played PlayStation 4 titles, demonstrating how well our backwards compatibility efforts are going. We have already tested hundreds of titles 
sales and are preparing to test thousands more as we move towards launch. The message from Sony continued to read. To wrap things up, it was said that more information on backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 5 will continue to come about in the nearing months. This is obviously a huge sigh of relief given that Sony's initial verbiage seemed to indicate that this would not necessarily be the case. While this revised statement still makes it clear that not all 4,000 plus PlayStation games from the PS4 catalog will potentially be playable on PlayStation 5 right at launch, the message implies that more titles will be likely added over time. All in all, this sounds very similar to how Microsoft has slowly brought the majority of the Xbox 360 catalog to Xbox One over the years. All I know is that as long as Bloodborne ends up getting boosted for the PlayStation 5, I'll be more than happy, says the author of DualShockers. The PlayStation 5 is set to release at an undetermined date and price later this holiday season. Stay tuned in the coming months and we should start to learn a whole lot more about the platform. This is much more comfortable for me. Okay, whenever we first got the news that the PlayStation 5 had its specs revealed, there was a big chunk of that statement that essentially said the top 100 PlayStation 4 games would be playable, and people kind of lost their minds, including myself. When you see the Xbox Series X coming out of the gate with full backwards compatibility, that's a game changer for a lot of people because existing libraries have established a bond with the player. Existing libraries are something that many people are already own. So right out of the gate, you have something to play instead of having to cough up 50, 60, uh, 70, 80 dollars for new games and DLC. And so whenever you take that into consideration, backwards compatibility can be a very big deal. And so it seems that there was mixed messaging and some words were minced. Ultimately, what it comes down to is that the majority of PlayStation 4 titles will be playable. And that is very impressive to say the least. That, my friends, is something that definitely puts the PlayStation 5 more on par with the Xbox Series X in terms of its ability to compete in the space. Uh, now, of course, we talked in depth earlier this week about the PlayStation 5 versus the Xbox Series X in terms of specs and capabilities. I would highly encourage you to go back and check out those previous episodes of the show. But right now, I did want to clarify, it's a big deal. Backwards compatibility seems to basically be confirmed for the PlayStation 5, albeit not including the entire catalog. The majority of games you are going to be playing are going to be supported by the program. So that's good to know. However, you don't have to worry about Modern Warfare 2 on the PlayStation 3 being backwards compatible because it seemingly is getting a remaster, all but confirmed from a South Korean rating. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered has been raided in South Korea, all but confirming a release of the unannounced game. Twitter user Nibble posted a link to the South Korean Ratings Board website, which says the rating had been awarded late last month. No platforms are listed with the rating. To be clear, this would be a straight remaster of the single-player portion of 2009's Modern Warfare 2, not a follow-up to last year's new Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Names are confusing these days. This listing seems to point to the game being released as a standalone rather than as a pack-in with a brand new Call of Duty game, unlike the first Modern Warfare remaster, which was initially included with the legacy edition of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. We first heard about the possibility of a Modern Warfare 2 remaster in 2018 when an Amazon listing seemed to reveal it. Follow-up reports explained that the game would be a single-player-only experience, with multiplayer not getting the same treatment, something held up by this ratings listing. 
We awarded, they say at IGN, the original Modern Warfare 2, known as much for its infamous no Russian level as its influential FPS gameplay, a 9.5 out of 10 review, saying it was, quote, hands down one of the best first-person shooters out there, but bemoaning its short campaign mode. We called the first Modern Warfare remaster an enlightening time capsule for a style of Call of Duty that no longer exists, awarding it an 8.5 review at IGM. So, this is neat. Of course, growing up, Modern Warfare 2 was a game that I poured hundreds of hours into, multiple prestiges in the multiplayer, and of course I played through the campaign multiple times, so I know that game backwards and forwards. Would love to see it come forward to the newest generation. Now my question is, is this report to be believed that they are not going to be bundling this in with a new Call of Duty? That seems strange to me, because I fully expect Activision to go the exact same route they did with Infinite Warfare and bundle a remaster in with a game that might be considered subpar. So let's hypothetically say development is not going well on Infinity Ward's next big Call of Duty, which is likely already in development even with Modern Warfare still churning. If that is the case, they could bundle in Modern Warfare 2's campaign remastered, boom shakalaka, you have the nostalgia factor in your wheelhouse and you are able to take advantage of that. And so I think that would be the wisest approach if you aren't confident in a game that is coming out. However, just imagine if they were completely focused on the consumer perspective, if they were focused on just doing something cool for no other reason than doing something cool. Just the middle of July, early August, things are, are bleak. There's nothing coming out. Ghost of Tsushima has been released. The Last of Us Part Two is in the discount bin. You have all of these games that have come out in the spring of 2020, completely just old news at this point. And then out of nowhere, just on a random Thursday, they come out and say, Modern Warfare 2 campaign available now. Do you know how insane that would be? That would be marketing genius, and I hope that's kind of what they do. Now, do I expect that? No, absolutely not. Uh, but it is worth mentioning here that it has been rated by the South Korean Ratings Board, an official statement has not been made yet, but I am sure there is going to be one coming in a few weeks. Hopefully around E3 time, would love to see that. However, moving on. NBC Southwest, I would assume is what that is. Sports World, I don't know. NBCSW, whatever that means. I'm not a sports guy. We'll broadcast video game simulations of Wizards and Capitals games. The NBA and NHL seasons, which were suspended last week because of the novel coronavirus outbreak, will resume in video game form in the coming days. Monumental Sports Network and NBC Sports Washington, there we go, announced Friday that they will broadcast hour-long simulations of the Wizards and Capitals previously scheduled regular season games using NBA 2K20 and NHL 20, respectively. The first of 13 Wizards simulations will air Saturday at 7 p.m. when Washington was scheduled to host Giannis, oh my god, what the hell kind of last name is that? Ante, uh, ooh, Antetokounmpo? and the Eastern Conference leading Bucks at Capital One Arena. Instead, computer control Bradley Beal will look, will look to lead, excuse me, an upset against computer control Milwaukee. The matchups will be televised on NBC Sports Washington and streamed on its authenticated platforms as well as on monumentalsportsnetwork.com and its available apps. The first of seven Capital Simulations will debut Tuesday when Washington was scheduled to face the St. Louis Blues in a matchup of the past two Stanley Cup champions. The Wizard Simulations will feature all of the same audio and video components of NBA 2K20's gameplay, including the voice of play-by-play -play man Kevin Harlan. NBC Sports Washington's Wizards experts will also be featured during the broadcast. Do not expect to see Virtual John Wall return to the court alongside Beal on Saturday. These simulations will feature updated rosters. 
The presentation for the Capital Simulations will feature familiar aspects of NHL 20 gameplay, along with additional commentary from NBC Sports Washington's Capitals analyst. NBC Sports Washington has yet to decide whether it will also simulate the playoffs. Quote, if the video game version of Bradley Beal and Alex Ovechkin I'm horrible with the names today. Live up to their real-life counterparts. Fans should be in for a fun experience, Damon Phillips, NBC Sports Washington's general manager, said in a statement. Like every sports network, NBC Sports Washington has been forced to rethink its programming since the coronavirus ground the sports world to a halt. On March 12th, the day the NHL paused its season, the network filled the hours that would have otherwise been dedicated to the Capitals-Reds Wings game with highlights of every one of Alex Ovechkin's goals and his march to 700. With DC Sports Live among several regular studio shows that have been put on indefinite hiatus, NBC Sports Washington will air a replay of the Capitals-Stanley Cup Championship parade Friday night. The Phoenix Suns were among the first NBA team to turn to NBA 2K20 to fill the void after the season was suspended, announcing they would play the remaining of their regular season games. I would say the remainder of their regular season games virtually and stream them on Twitch. Last Friday, Antonio Universal Phenom Saldivar, who played in the NBA 2K League, represented the Suns in an online game against the Dallas Mavericks, who were controlled by fellow esports pro Lawrence Buddy Norman. The matchup topped 12,000 concurrent viewers at its peak. On Wednesday, Suns reserve rookie guard and former Virginia star Ty Jerome took the controls, going head-to-head with Minnesota Timberwolves second-year forward Josh Agoki. And Jerome cruised to a 30-point win behind 29 points from virtual Devin Booker. We know that fans are as disappointed as we are not to be able to watch our favorite teams on a nightly basis. Zach Linosis, Senior VP of Strategic Initiatives for Monumental Sports and Entertainment, said in a statement, We hope that these fun and engaging video game simulations will entertain our fans and help provide a greater sense of normalcy during these challenging times. We hope that when people tune in and watch these simulated games, they will be able to enjoy some friendly competitive play from the comforts of their own home. Beal has been spending quite a bit of time playing video games since the season was suspended. Perhaps he will tune in Saturday to see whether his virtual self can replicate the 55 points he scored against the Bucks last month, back when fans could still find enjoyment by watching other actual humans run up and down a court. So this is a story that's similar to what we saw with yesterday's coverage of NASCAR, which is also going the simulation route by hosting iRacing tournaments instead of actually having in real life sports events. And I want to reiterate what I said on yesterday's show. So if you watched yesterday's program or listened to yesterday's podcast, it's going to pretty much echo that exact same sentiment. Uh, You are not going to be able to get sports fans fully on board with simulations like this. It's just not the same. And that's coming from me, a guy who loves video games, plays them daily, and has a podcast about them. But... What could happen is a thousand people, a couple of thousand people, hell, maybe even a couple of hundred people might be turned on to the world of esports. And so you get a couple of fans trickling in there. As time goes on, they might say, hey, this real life game is great, but maybe I should start playing NBA 2K20. Maybe I should start playing NHL 20. Maybe I should pick up iRacing and build a rig. Whatever it might be, you get some cross contamination going on. And I think that's pretty neat in and of itself. So with more and more big leagues turning to simulations, I think it's kind of the natural response because people still want sports content, but right now people simply aren't playing out of fear of the coronavirus and it's continuing spread around the world. So again, number one, wash your hands. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're near a sink, wash them. Just do it. 20 seconds. Easy. Uh, But on top of that, I think it's also worth mentioning this is not going to last forever, but it's a good alternative to the in real life events. 
But to round out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report, cops bust real-life gang stash house, find weapons, cash, and payday masks. Here is an incredible case of life imitating art, the art in this case being video game payday. Last night, on the 19th of March 2020, a drug task force in West Tennessee raided a suspected gang stash house, uncovering 36 weapons, handcuffs, a bulletproof vest, police equipment, drugs, a large amount of cash, cases of ammunition, and four masks. In a Facebook post, the task force said two people are in custody waiting arraignment. Nothing particularly remarkable there, but if you look at the masks, video game fans will see something quite remarkable. It seems our subjects, potentially bank robbers in real life, are fans of co-op bank robbing game Payday. Here are the original Payday masks from the first game, and of course, there you see them, and there you see the actual Payday masks that are actually, they're legitimate Payday masks. Hilariously, it seems the masks found in the bust are Payday's paycheck masks. That is, they're from a Payday community meme that began after unfortunate cosplayers were snapped wearing bootleg Payday masks. The community ended up creating knockoff names for the mask and they were dubbed the Paycheck Crew, a kind of crap version of the Payday Crew who planned rubbish heist and failed to e execute them. The meme crossed the desk of Payday developer Overkill, a part of a Swedish company Starbreeze, and during Christmas 2016, the studio added Paycheck masks into Payday 2 for a bit of fun. So are we looking at real life paycheck crew here? Given the stash was uncovered by police, perhaps we are. One former Overkill staff member pointed out on Twitter saying, I've had people tattoo the Overkill bomb on their persons and that's a weird experience seeing. But this, this is a whole other level of weirdness, one that genuinely forces you to reflect and consider life choices. Of course, these suspects may not be Payday fans at all. They may have just grabbed some random mask out of a market stall and that was that. But I prefer to believe, the author says, that there's a group of people out there who fancy themselves the Paycheck crew, or perhaps they think they look like the Payday crew and, like the unfortunate cosplayers who sparked the meme in the first place, got it all a bit wrong. So right off the bat, there is no way this was just coincidence. You are telling me that a raided uh, house contained tons of guns, tons of cash, drugs, and payday masks, and the people weren't fans of payday. No, there's no way. I am fully believing this was a legitimate case of payday fans taking things to the next level. Now, number one, want to reiterate, feel compelled to, really shouldn't have to, let's not rob banks. That's not good. Don't do that. However, this is just a fun little story, and I was like, what? Why are... We why are we doing payday in real life? We have a plague, there are earthquakes all over the place, the economy is in shambles, and you're like, hey, let's just do payday in real life, bro. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, if you guys enjoyed today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below and let me know what you thought about the PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility news. On top of that, Modern Warfare 2 potentially getting a remaster, eSports taking over sports, and cops busting the gang stash. Would love to hear your thoughts. But until Monday, you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.